and welcome to another podcast of AFL and More. We're your hosts, I'm Zeke. And I'm Bodie. We'll be discussing all things footy, including current agendas, round review and tips for the next round. Let's get right into it. So today we're going to be doing the round eight review, round nine tips and some fantasy and addressing some current agendas such as the Shea Bolton and Daniel Rioli incidents. So first up, round eight results. Friday night was Richmond v Geelong. Richmond were in until a certain part of the game where it was fifty-seven, yeah, fifty-seven, fifty-nine. Then Geelong just pretty much kicked away. Geelong were just more hungry for it, I think. And Richmond didn't play too well, but in that second half, especially like looking at the worm right now, like it was even all game. Then once it hit about halfway through the third quarter, Geelong just took it away. So um, Mitch Duncan. Got 133 fantasy points. He's been really good this week. Uh, sorry, this year. And Cam Guthrie has been consistent as well this year. Got over 30, 30 disposals again with 20 kicks and 16 handles. How's Jeremy Cameron with six goals? Rowan with five and Hawkins with four. Combining for 15 goals between the tall trio. Great effort down back to by Mark Lasalves and Tom Stewart. Went very underrated. Very, sorry, very unnoticed. The next game of the round was Suns v Saints. Quite a good game. Went down to the end. Big fight at halftime. Did you see that? Yeah, Sean Lemons. Sean Lemons, yeah. <laughs> the Roman style, like WWE style, dropped Sean Butler on his ass. <laughs> Jack Steele and Jack Billings, both the Jacks performing for the game. And David Swallow, consistent as always. Got took, his tackles took up. Took Miller week. again. He did well, but... Unlucky for his one-game suspension. Yeah, um, he pulled up quite sore after the game, so I think that might be contributing factor to why he's accepted the suspension because I think he might be carrying a bit of a niggle there. Next up, thrill of a game, GWS and Essendon. So it was actually quite a high-scoring game, both teams scoring over 100 points. GWS started off the first quarter very well, but then Essendon sort of creeped back into it nearly... Equal at halftime. Um, but GWS just came away, and it was quite a good match to watch in the end. Next game, the battle of the two bottom teams, North and Collingwood. Collingwood pretty much a better side all day. North pretty much though, led from the front all game, then, yeah. North, though, hung on for a half. They did show good good passages of play at times, but Jordan Degoe was unstoppable with six goals. Yeah, Darcy, Moore, Darcy Moore's return down back too was excellent with, uh, what was it, 17 marks? Yeah, something like that. I think he's cemented his spot there for the season. There's no question yeah. about that. And Aaron Hall, really performing for the deep, um, sorry, the Kangaroos this year. Really good to see someone like him blooming. Uh, next up, we have Melbourne versus Sydney. So, um, this game, quite a good game. Um Sydney had it in the first quarter, and then Melbourne just sort of kept around that 15, 20 points ahead margin until like the last few minutes, until the last quarter, and then kicked like a goal two-thirds away for the last term. These are now 8-0. It's a really threatening position of the uh, season to be 8-0, so I'd really like to see them continue this performance and make it deep into finals this year. And Ben Brown... Back to his old things with uh, three goals and Tom McDonald performing well with 18 disposals and four goals. Callum Mills, he's really adopted this new midfield role this year. 
kicked one goal and uh, got 33 touches this week. So he's really playing well for them this year. Uh, next game is the showdown. Adelaide versus Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide the clear dominant team here, but how's the prison bars after the game? Did you see that? It's a bit of a smart-ass move, wasn't it? <laughs> so for those of you who didn't know, Port Adelaide, once they got into the rooms, uh, changed clothes into the prison bar jerseys to sing the song. It's a bit of a rub in Collingwood's face. Yeah, and I guess it's not against the rules as they just weren't allowed to play, but I guess they were allowed to do whatever they want in the rooms. Scott Lysette um, earned himself a four-game suspension with a dangerous tackle. Like, I think it was a bit tough, but if they're looking to eradicate the dangerous tackles out of the game, I think these sort of measures need to be taken. Yeah, I think it's a good, like, it was a good job by the AFL doing that because it sets the standard now for everyone else. Like, they realise, oh, if I'm going to sling tackle someone and rotate my body like that, I'm going to get four weeks for it. So, then pretty much he did deserve it. But what he didn't deserve was that social media hate. Yeah. Really not quite, you know, not appreciated. Next up, we had Hawthorne versus West Coast. 38-point loss to Hawthorne. So, West Coast beat Hawthorne by 38. Um, Andrew Gaff played two good games in a row now. He got 38 touches this week. And Dom Sheed, dominant, with 35 touches. Next game of the round was Bulldogs versus Carlton. Jeez, I thought Carlton had this one until about halfway through the third, uh, halfway through the fourth. What they have, like they're they're up by like twenty five, yeah, yeah twenty five points like towards the end of the third quarter, and then Bulldogs just came home strong. Yeah, clearly the better team in my opinion. Marcus better Pelly. he's really quite a dominant player. He's really in the run for Brownlow this year. Wouldn't surprise him to be standing up on that stage with, with the medal down. around his neck. Yeah, and Doherty also playing well, 24 kicks to go with nine marks. Josh Bruce a bit inconsistent, but he kicked five goals too this week. And how about Eddie Betts, the old fella oh, kicking five? No, some of them were pretty good too. <laughs> got a new Coleman leader and Harry Mackay as well. He's on four goals. Could this be the full forward that Carlton have been searching for? All right, next match we have, last one of the week, Brisbane versus Fremantle. I think Brisbane sort of didn't play this to the full potential. They could have got a real percentage boost from this game. They were by about 30 points at halftime, ended only up winning by 24. Like, they should have put the pedal to the metal and just absolutely hammered them. But um, just didn't seem like their effort was there in the second half, and they just sort of played safe, I guess. Daniel Rich played arguably his greatest game of the season. He got 31 touches, but he only went at 80%, which is... Unusually low for his standards of his thumping left kick. Charlie Cameron also kicking five behinds. He could have finished with a big bag instead of just about just a couple three goals. I think it was in the end. Yeah, Hugh McCluggage playing well again, but he still needs to work on that disposal efficiency. It was up to seventy four this week, but I'd like to see him get it into the high eighties. And that wraps up our round eight results. Let's go into the round nine tips for the week. Let's get into our tips for round nine. So, primetime footy, Friday night, we have Geelong versus St Kilda. Wouldn't be surprised to see Geelong here win by a fair margin after seeing the Saints' performance against the Suns, although they did win. Um, next game of the round is a Sydney versus Collingwood. 
I think this would be a fairly even matchup. The last time they versed, like when they versed last year, it was fifty to forty-one in favor of Collingwood. So these two teams seem to match up well, and I think it'll be a good game. If I had to tip a team, I reckon Collingwood might actually do well this week. Yeah, I'd really like to see Collingwood perform a bit better through the rest of the season. I really like the way Nathan Buckley's coached um, the Magpies for the past few years, and I think if he stays as coach, I think there could be some good things coming in the future. Yeah, I think his his players are under pressure as well to perform for him. Yeah, definitely. Next up, we have battle for last now. It's Hawthorne versus North Melbourne. Um, Hawthorne are going at a dollar thirty-eight, and I think they should win by about twenty. But North Melbourne should hold on for about three quarters, I think. So I wouldn't be surprised to, for that to be closer than you'd expect. And last time they matched up, Hawks got over line just by four points. Quite a close match, actually. Next right. match of the round, the Q Clash. Brisbane versus Suns. Now we've got Tuke Miller's a big out for the Suns here because he's got the, um, on average, the most touches for the Suns. And he's really just a, he uplifts the attitude, I think, out there. Yeah, and he won't be there. He has a big rival in Dane Zork on the Q Clash game, so that'll be a big out for the Suns. Yeah. Because that gives a bit of passion behind it. And I think the Lions have a bit of better history against the Suns. I think they've won the last two matchups, if that's right. And, um, yeah, that should be a cracking match, I think. I think I've got to go with the Lions for the Q Clash. Yeah, I think they'll get away by about. 15. Yeah. Next up is Richmond versus GWS. 2019 Grand Final rematch. Um, uh, tipping the Tigers here. I think they are the better side, even though last time they versed Giants did get over the line. So I think Richmond, they will win, but I think it will be quite close because GWS will still have that fury from that incredibly poor performance in 2019. Both teams sitting 4-4. Four and four. Roughly a third of the way through the season, so the both teams will be better, looking to better their record. Yeah. And did you see last round, Bodie, that uh, Thatcher Hawley played his game whilst fasting? Yeah, that's that's incredible. I, I don't understand how some of them do that during their Ramadan. It's very elite. Yeah. Like, if I couldn't, could hardly eat when yeah, I'm playing footy, I'd struggle just, to play. Yeah. Definitely. Especially covering over 10 kilometers a game. Yeah, that should be covering around like 13 as well. So ne- next up we have Port Adelaide versus Western Bulldogs. Third versus second. And it'll be a very close match, I think. But I'd, I'd like to think that Port will actually come over the line with this mm. game. I'm going with the Bulldogs. I do think they're a better team. Um, purely just because of their midfield depth and, yeah, and their tall trio of fours. Think Marcus Bont and Pellet will be quite hard to stop, and but in saying that, Western Bulldogs should actually play very well when Port Adelaide are missing their key ruckman of Scott, Scott Lysett. Lysett, yeah. yeah. I guess I think Steph Martin back. Yeah, he's playing, isn't he? Then Tim English. If Tim English plays, I think the Dogs will comfortably yeah. win. He'll be there. a really good player in the future. I think Tim English. His versatility playing. As a key forward, pretty much now, as well as the rock. Yeah. yeah. Next match around is Essendon versus Freo. Oh, hard tip, I reckon, this one. I've gone with Essendon purely because they've had, like, three games where it's been under five points, like, the loss. Like, their ladder position could have changed, but 
they could have three more wins on the board. So I think they are a better team than what they are, sitting at like, what are they, two and six? Yeah, look, I wouldn't rule um, Frio out. They put up a fight last week against uh, Brisbane, certainly much more than I expected. But, you know, Essendon really are due for a win. They've been quite unlucky, to be honest, this season. They just probably haven't performed as they want to. But uh, Darcy Parrish has really produced the goodies in the last couple of rounds. Uh, got the Anzac Day medal with, what was yeah. it, 42 touches? 42. Yeah. Next match is Melbourne versus Carlton. Last time they played, Melbourne got overline by just a single point. So frustrating loss there for Carlton it would have been. Um, yeah. I expect Melbourne will win quite comfortably and be sitting 9-0. Especially with the dominance of Maxi Gorn um, in the ruck. And then he'll just feed it to Christian Petrarca and Clayton Oliver with ease. Final match of the round, West Coast versus Adelaide. So Tex Walker... Should be lethal this match, but in saying that, West Coast do have the big three down there, forward line, who I think should kick a bag each. I feel like West Coast could defend Tex quite well because they do have a lot of innocent markers in there. Just It doesn't suit Tex's game. Yeah, I think Tex runs up the ground a lot and, you know, brings his teammates into the game as well. Yeah, but I feel like he could come back after his goalless yeah. week last week. Yeah, quite a disappointing uh, performance last week, but hopefully he's hungry for the win. They're going at $7, actually, so that's quite poor considering their great start. What were they, 3 and all at the start of the year? Adelaide, I think they yeah. might have been, yeah. Yeah, and now they're 14th on the ladder, so it maybe is just a couple of matches, just a fluke, really. Possibly. Right, next up, we will be going into the fantasy segment of the podcast. So we'll be reviewing how we went last week and who we think will be good this week with their break-evens and how they'll perform. Let's get right into it. So for the fantasy last week, um, we actually played pretty well. I scored 2,070. And how did you go, Bodie? You got 1,920. Another great week for me. I had some underperformers. Only getting, I had Burgess who only got 54. Um, well, Bailey Smith 55, Devin Robertson 36, and Errol Gordon 44. Yeah. Errol Gordon, someone I've already traded out of my team. His last four, three rounds has averaged like 54, 54, and that's not good enough for a player valued at 450,000. Yeah, it wasn't the easiest week, but you did have some good players that just popped up and really did well for the round. Uh, one of these players is actually Aaron Hall. He got 133, and he was really the only, like, shine of light for North Melbourne. Um, top performer for me this week was probably Jack Steele. Got 136, um, consistent always. Got, like, two goals and, like, um, 20-something touches, like, high 20s. Um, also another underperformer who I'm possibly looking to trade out is Jimmy Rowe. Yeah, I traded him out this week for, uh, who did I trade him out for? I traded him out for, um, I actually didn't trade him. Um, but I'll tell you who I did trade. I traded Braden Campbell out because he's not playing anymore. So I traded him for Collier Dawkins for the, um, Richmond Tigers. Did you have any unexpected performance this week, Zeke? Um, yeah, I did actually. So I had Jeremy Cameron 
the kick six was it? Yeah, six. Yeah. Probably. And he got one hundred and twenty one. He's only owned by two point eight percent, so that was really uh, what set me apart from the others. And yeah, so Jimmy Rowe really disappointed me because he was in my team this week. But yeah, um, Noah Anderson again. He's really inconsistent this year. He only got 65 this week, so that was a bit unlucky for me. But um, And Ben Cunnington only got 76, which, you know, he's yeah, really you're just every week 100 player usually. Yeah, I had Jaya who got 92 for me, which I was happy about. And um, also, who was it? Markov with 102. Yeah, he was a great player for the Suns. He's really fit into their new role. Yeah, I'm really happy with that fantasy pickup. Very cheap at the start of the season. Yeah. Um. So, Joe Danaher has been a really good pickup. He was only owned by I think seven percent in about round six, but he's gone up to ten percent and he's averaging seventy five. That's really good for a player that was at starting at four hundred thousand. And, um, on my bench I had Tanner Brun. He's been in and out of the side for the Giants, but, you know, if you can get as many rookies as you can find, it's just really good for your team because your overall team value can go up. Therefore, you can get uh, some better players. Yeah, um, looking to get another trade done this week. Possibly thinking about putting a young Malcolm Roses Jr. in the team because he's making his debut. Or possibly, yeah, who else is a cheap option? Um, I could chuck in for Jimmy Rowe. Yeah, well, I was actually thinking of uh, maybe mm, sort of hard because there's a lot of rookies that have been coming in, in and out. But um, um, Robertson was good. You you said you had him, didn't you? Devin, Devin Robertson. Robertson. Yeah, yeah. And he only got four, like 36 this week, which was a bit disappointing. Yeah, yeah I think on. Riley Philpop's all right. Philpop, yeah. Yeah, can't pronounce your name. <laughs> um, he... Um, I wouldn't expect him to um, be dropped from the side because, you know, he's a rookie and he's got to get used to the scenes. And what did he kick? Five in his debut? Yeah, something yeah. like that, I'm pretty sure. So I wouldn't expect him to be dropped. Uh, oh, cool. I just scrolled past Willy Rioli. <laughs> How's that? Some of his drug cards. Pretty face today, actually. Yeah, he copped a $500 and... One year, good behaviour bond. So I think he might even be delisted at the end of the year from uh, West Coast. Not really good for his Rioli reputation, is it? No, not good at all. Um, who have you got on the bench as your rookies giving value to your team? Do you have anyone good? Um, not really, to be honest. Look, I had um, Connor Downey. <laughs> who debuted as a medical sub, and I thought he was going to play the year, but he, he actually hasn't played. Yeah, Sam, I've actually got him on my team too. Yeah, I had Lloyd Meek, who, you know, hasn't been playing like the again. Yeah, it's been a bit of, it's been a bit of trouble with these Ruffin this, this year. Like, those cheaper Ruffin, yeah. like Paul Hunter, who else, uh, Matt, Matt Flynn. Flynn. Like, you never know when they're going to play, especially with this day before. But how good is it that they're bringing out the Thursday night team selection again? Oh, so good for your fantasy. Yeah, definitely relief for fantasy players. You know, to get that team in early and not have to make late changes. Yeah. And rely on your bench. Um, I'll tell you who's a good performer, though. For 730,000 is uh, Tom Stewart. He's averaging around 100, 100 points, and he's just a good performer every week. Um, 
I'd have him as a captain glitch maybe this week because he could really play well this weekend. Yeah, I have Jack Steele as my captain glitch this week. My captain yeah, glitch. that's a good idea. Hopefully he can produce the goods and I can just leave him and have Harry Sharps as my captain. <laughs> That'd be a good idea. I'm surprised that they're actually not giving Harry Sharps another shot because he's a really good endurance runner. I see a lot of potential in him. Yeah, I feel like the Brisbane Lions depth right now wing is quite good. Like, you have Hugh McCluggage, like, Mitch Robertson. It's performing really well. Like, Hugh McCluggage is literally winning the coaches association votes. Yeah. And you have Robinson in the wing as well. Like, you have, like, anyone, like, rolling the through beast. there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's about not too much else is going on in the fantasy world. It's just, yeah, the lists are getting settled in, sort of. But, um, Tim Tarano, you, you must have him. He's averaging 113. And he's only at 807,000, but he started off at like 650,000. So I think I'd get him now if you don't have him because he's just a consistent performer. Yeah, and week he's, in, week out, he's yeah. definitely getting the 110 plus games. If you if your vice captain glitch doesn't really work, you can just always rely on Tim Torano to perform for you. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Now, yeah. I was looking at um the person who's the best. In who's winning the fantasy, and he's somehow squeezed Rarity Grundy and Max Gorn into his team. I'm not sure how he does it, but it's quite a. I'm not sure, but it's really good. I think if you can manage to get both of those two ruckmen in, I think that'd be a real asset to your team. Yeah, in my ruckman, my team are Grundy and McAvoy. McAvoy's actually performed quite well, averaging 82 points a season for a cheaper, cheaper option. Yeah, I'm liking Chris Burgess as like yeah, just a substitute ruckman if you like, even though he's on your field. He's averaging fifty three points at only three hundred and twenty seven thousand, so that's like really good. And I don't see him getting in, um dropped anytime soon because he's got really good hands and he just looks like he wants to be out there. Yeah, definitely. Well that about wraps up our pod. No yes it does. No it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. I'm not sure. It's up to you. Um, I don't know. Does it, Vic? I think it does. All right. Thanks, thanks for, for tuning in today, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. See you next time. All right. Have a good one.